Hello, my name is Art Schmone, and I'm Managing Director of IWBC 2020 and a partner with Forest Economic Advisors, the co-producer of ABX IWBC 2020. I'm here today with Ben Table, Director of Planned Services for MyTech. Prior to MyTech, Ben owned a company called CDG Project Studio. He has a degree in architecture and a great deal of experience in residential and commercial design and construction. Welcome, Ben. Thank you so much, Art. I'm happy to be here this morning. Ben, I wonder if you could tell us just a little more about your background, how you came to MyTech, and, and what your focus is at MyTech. So I started in the uh, building industry in high school and college, working on construction crews, specifically with residential wood frame construction. And that gave me an understanding and appreciation for how building work or put together, et cetera. I followed that pursuit into college, uh, getting a degree in architecture from Syracuse University. And immediately after college, plunged into more of the commercial environment, working my way up from designer, project manager, and eventually project architect on a number of large-scale commercial design projects, including K-12, higher education, municipal, healthcare, et cetera. And had a curveball thrown at me at uh, 2013 when my wife was presented with an opportunity that caused us to move across country from New York to Colorado. And at that time, I kind of opened up to see, you know, what can I do with, you know, my understanding and experience uh, specifically around BIM technology, which I was really immersed with uh, in my commercial experience and understanding the collaborative nature of building information modeling, the way that it could really be effectively utilized to streamline the design and construction process, you know, build it before you build it, so to speak, catching issues in the computer, not in the field, thus streamlining and reducing change orders downstream in the project sequence. In Colorado, the housing market was absolutely booming. And I was able to get in contact with a few very prominent residential designers in the Colorado Springs market that were still doing 2D and in some cases hand drafting. I started kind of pouring out my knowledge and understanding of BIM and the way that it could connect that type of technology could be integrated into their processes, began to customize their templates specifically through Revit and work with them on developing their skills and opportunities that they could present to their clients. And I did that for a few years while at the same time assisting one of my client's partners who was a licensed architect. They were already in Revit and using BIM, but they uh, needed more muscle to complete their jobs. And so I began outsourcing and assisting them. So was kind of juggling a lot of different tasks in terms of customization, training, and then also providing BIM support to teams that were already integrated with the technology. And at one point, they sat me down and said, you should start a company that's based on this. And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, well, you know, you can support, you can train, you can customize, you can perhaps even just provide the service for those that don't want to learn it, but want to take advantage of the opportunities it presents. And so I uh, formed CDG Project Studio back in 2015, very quickly became too busy and had to start hiring and (laughs) grew it from the ground up. It started with just me. And at one point I had four full-time designers working with me due to the demand that it was creating. And also at the same time, one of the things that was really monumental and kind of launching my career with that company was uh, the American Institute of Building Design or AIBD. I, I was able to be a speaker at one of their conferences in Denver and started speaking about BIM technology, but specifically how it could be applied to a residential environment. 
And through that, picked up a number of very good clients that some of them are still with me to this day, you know, have followed me when we joined MyTech this earlier this year. But it launched kind of within that organization. I began to speak at their quarterly conferences and everywhere that I went, kind of pouring in about this technology and opportunity. It opened doors for new conversations, new clients. And I'm actually currently the uh, internal national vice president for the American Institute of Building Design currently. It's a great organization and we love supporting what they're doing. That also is the reason that I'm with MyTech now because we developed a class called BIM-R, um, which is a BIM for residential certificate program that we offer through AIBD. And we give that course at a number of locations around the country. And a few years ago, we were teaching it at the MyTech office in Denver. They graciously gave us use of their facilities to have that be our place that we were actually going to give the, the course for two days. And one of my tech employees actually sat through the training course, got to know me and understood what I was all about and what I was doing. We developed a really good friendship. And over the last few years, he'd reach out to me and ask questions about BIM or Revit and design. And I'd assist him. And eventually last year, my tech started calling me saying, hey, you should join our team. And we have a services pillar specifically around kind of what you do. But we think that you've got some good ideas about enhancing what we can offer our clients. In March of this year, March of 2020, right before the shutdown happened, we uh, integrated our team with MyTech, took basically all my clients and employees and shifted over to MyTech. And for the last six months, I've been integrating what we do with everything from our drafting services to our visualization and our estimating. And I work with MyTech to support that. A number of clients, mostly builder clients, but we're also assisting design clients. And currently our big muscle here is we have a team of U.S.-based project managers, but we're also connected to an extremely large group called Platinum Global in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. We're approaching 1,500 people there now, and they're all university graduates that come out with, in most cases, a degree in architecture engineering, and they learn software and support what we do from a services perspective to crank through projects. So there's no longer a scalability issue with when we want to support and, and help uh, people kind of move forward. So currently I'm the sitting director of plan services and I have a team in the, all around the U.S. that supports and is, acts as project managers uh, to our clients. And then our team in Ho Chi Minh City is really the group that cranks through it and is extremely efficient and passionate and motivated to uh, get the jobs done, no matter what they may be from a services and drafting perspective, so to speak. Fantastic. So the Platinum Global Group is in Vietnam, is that correct? That's correct, yes. So exactly what do they do then? Are they running the software or what are they doing? In some cases, so for instance, some of our MyTech softwares like our, our Sapphire, there might be some of the people in Ho Chi Minh City that are actually assisting component manufacturers and helping with truss layouts and fabrication drawings and shop drawings and et cetera, utilizing our software. Or in other cases, they're using Revit or AutoCAD or not proprietary software to MyTech, but they're doing everything from drafting. So taking a concept and doing a full set of construction documents, fabrication drawings and shop drawings, et cetera, everything from visualization. I've been training them on not just still shot renderings, but virtual fly-throughs, virtual reality augmented reality of our products. We have a, a large estimating department that can assist with material takeoffs, bill of materials, et cetera, down to even sticks of lumber. So basically we jump in to support 
whether it's a builder who needs new product or maintenance of their plans, a fabricator or a component manufacturer that wants assistance and maybe more muscle, we provide a very efficient solution to them by having a workforce, that remote workforce, we kind of like to say, well, you're sleeping, they're working because they're a 12-hour difference actually from central time ahead of us. So um, it becomes a very efficient team to actually crank through any and all amount of work that we can throw at them. If a client has a new software they want the team to learn and they, they really just need people to get stuff done, the team will take on the new software, the training, and the understanding to support them throughout that entire process. So have you just described design, make, build, then? Is that what that is? To an extent. I mean, the definition is, I describe it is it's more of a spin on, if you think of a traditional design build contract or a design build, bid build contract, what we at MyTech are trying to do is design, make, build, consider it for more of a designing with offsite manufacturing in mind and optimizing design for a, what we would call make solution, which could be prefabricated uh, components, innovative use of materials and systems that then streamlines down to build in the field, obviously by removing a lot of the burden of on-site construction by integrating the use of off-site manufactured products and, and pieces and parts. That would be more of a, a representative of the holistic nature between it starts at concept, moves through fabrication off-site, and then again streamlines to the field with a solution that's more economical, more efficient, et cetera. So what do the, the stakeholders in the make and build phases need from the design phase? Well, really, I mean, the main thing here is optimization and collaboration. One of the things that I've seen in, in the past, which has been a disappointment at times, is if design pushes too fast, too quickly, or too kind of tunnel vision without maybe considering integration of innovative products and materials or uh, fabrication opportunities, they might arrive at a, say, more of a conventional architectural and engineered solution, but perhaps it's not optimized to allow for the integration of offsite manufactured products, components, et cetera. Allowing the team to be collaborative and communicating, I mean, think of it this way, instead of an architect sitting there and talking to just a structural and mechanical electrical plumbing engineer, now maybe that fabricator is at the table and they're communicating how to optimize the design to be harmonious with what they intend to do with the design after quote design finishes. And then obviously for build and the builder team, them understanding that it's not just about the parts and pieces, it's the delivery, it's the scheduling, it's the sequencing. Being involved with that process, I think allows the entire building team to be communicating, integrated and informed from concept design all the way through certificate of occupancy after the end of construction. Why should you think about the products you're going to use in the build phase during design? To kind of expand on a more broader response to that question, I mean, as a designer, you're, you're usually specifying and identifying the systems from a architectural perspective, a finished perspective, a engineering perspective. But when we think of the products in terms of make, it's identifying opportunities. And it's also understanding, I, would, I don't want to use the word limitations, but perhaps constraints on what you're attempting to design and create and allowing those to be integrated. So you have an informed solution as opposed to missing out on a potential 
opportunity to integrate with those products. Thinking through that, asking the questions and understanding goes beyond a conventional, will it work from a material standpoint? And now it goes into uh, what does this do to help support the downstream construction process? And is there a way that the design can allow that information to be captured and understood at this stage to allow it to be streamlined? Is most of what you do wood frame, Ben, or do you also involve yourself like like H steel and so on? Currently, our team has a large uh, connection with the, the home builder group. So in most cases, we're doing wood frame with that, but we do have a number of products within MyTech, engineered solutions, metal solutions, you name it. So, I mean, my background is you name it and I've done it, whether it's light gauge, heavy steel, if it's insulated concrete forms, uh, wood framing, you name it. There's a number of projects that I have experience on. And I think obviously with each one of those different types of materials and solutions, it does provide opportunity for innovation once you understand the product uh, and the opportunities that each unique product you know, presents to the client. What are some of the hurdles from on-site construction that Design Make Build overcomes? The classic example that we run into, and again, we're in, in late November now, everyone's scrambling, in, depending on the location within the country, to get things in the ground perhaps before they can't do certain things like concrete and stuff because of freezing. And you have uh, temporary facilities that have to be set up to keep things conditioned and heated you have weather delays. There's all sorts of issues, even down to if it's a restricted site and you don't have an adequate area to do an, a proper layout of materials. Design, make, build really allows for that offsite fabrication in a controlled environment and provides things like a, a modular or maybe a panel solution and you know advanced components to be pre-assembled and then installed in the field, which drastically cuts down on the opportunity for delay due to a number of conditions that could happen. And even in this environment we're with now with COVID, the opportunity for that information to be to sent to the field with everything else being delayed and you know kind of coordinated, it's an opportunity to streamline construction and perhaps not need as many people on as many tasks in the field. And it allows those solutions to be integrated more effectively while eliminating the issues of the field conditions that present themselves constantly. So if I were to use the term uh, supply chain coordination, what does that mean to you? It's really understanding that every, everyone really is that link in the chain you know, from design through making into build. So making sure that you're connected to that chain and that understanding that as things are going to be deployed to the field, that's kind of the, the sequencing that was mentioned before is making sure that we're informed through make to allow our designs to be effectively delivered to fabricators. But then after that, that it's streamlined to the field in a way and coordinated in the field to allow it to be optimized as part of the install that can reduce construction times and reduce delays, et cetera. So it really is that process of the assembly line, so to speak. But I think kind of a higher level assembly line, not specifically to create a panel or a component, but the communication from design through fabrication to the field in the streamlined process that it creates. Just a quick digression here. You mentioned COVID a moment ago. What does the post-pandemic picture look like for off-site construction? It's definitely very strong. I think that it provides those opportunities to have more of a controlled environment. And we've even seen at some of our factories and our CM uh, shops, you know, an opportunity where they've been able to socially distance and to keep taking care of business, so to speak. Pleasantly, we have not seen a large slowdown. I know that we had a, I think our one of our largest months last month 
of trusses being sealed within our group. So it just shows that everything is strong and moving forward. And kind of one of the things that when I talk with more of the design uh, professional friends of mine on the home builder front, I've I've talked to a number of our home builder clients and they say that they have not experienced a, a slowdown at all. And it's kind of funny that if you think about it, maybe a bunch of people when they were stuck at home looked around and was like, well, if I'm going to be shut down, is this really where I want to be? You know, maybe I want another house or I want a a renovation project or something. So if anything, it's improved the process. It's really improved what we're doing. I see it being very strong and I I see it being very effective specifically for offsite in the future because of all of the issues that it potentially eliminates. Getting back to the design, make, build. How does MyTech stand in the gap that you were talking about a moment ago, stand in the gap and facilitate that process? We have our four pillars. We have services, automation, software, and products. And it's not enough to have those type of solutions. We also want to partner with our clients and take that journey with them. And really, I think that begins by us opening our minds and understanding and and doing our best to kind of dig deep and learn what do we need to know so we can be effective advocates and kind of lead the charge into design, make, build and be there from, you know, concept through the end of construction for our clients and to assist them. I think it's definitely important because there's a mindset shift that's required within, you know, this and a number of other solutions that we provide at MyTech. And in my experience, in my career, it's there's times like, for instance, we started doing things with 3D scanning a few years ago and do it using point clouds or maybe some of our virtual reality and augmented reality innovations. I'm usually one of the first people to jump into those new shiny ooh-ah things. What I've noticed in our industry is there's a hesitancy from a lot of people that they'll step back and see if it works. And then once someone proves it, then they want to grab a hold of that person and say, all right, take me with you because now you've, you've done a proof of concept. So at MyTech, we want to make sure that we're partnering with the right people, providing the solution to really shine the light and show, hey, this works. Look how effective this is. Look at, here's the case study examples that we have. And through that process, become a really good partner that's not just someone who's providing software services, et cetera, but is really interested in taking that journey with our clients and helping bridge the gap to get them where they want to be. So where's the payoff in greater collaboration through uh, this uh, transform process? I think there's a number of payoffs. I think obviously if you think the, the conventional one from an offsite fabrication perspective is maybe shortened construction durations in the field, less opportunities for a hardship due to delays, et cetera. I think it's also integrating with fabrication and allowing for that process and supporting that industry. And through that, perhaps coming up with more innovative solutions within our designs to allow you know myself as a designer and others to embrace opportunities that present themselves through fabrication as opposed to it being an afterthought. And that collaborative process, I think when the communication is clear, when all partners are present and understanding the process and and having a seat at the table, really, to be able to input their valuable information, be it a builder understanding sequencing or a fabrication manager who's going to understand the limitations of the product or the opportunities that the product presents, all of that being connected within design, I think allows for much more streamlined design solutions, much more integrated product solutions, less chance for 
conflicts in the field because you've solved it in the computer, you've collaborated, you've done things like a collision review and a value engineering, et cetera. So the payoff really, I think you could look at it holistically throughout the entire project, but ultimately it's one of my mentors used to say, it's not architecture unless it's built. So it's all about the downstream, how, how does it manifest in the field? How smooth was the process? And how repeatable is the opportunity for it to be utilized in that way in the future on more projects? You know, I'm sure, Ben, you know, you're aware and we're all aware that uh, offsite construction is still a relatively small market share of the total market at this point in the residential sector, at least. Why do you think that is? And, and what do you think has to happen for offsite to really get legs, as it were, in the North American market? Sure. I think there's a number of things that are happening. And I think there's a number of things that will happen in the future. Point noted that it is a small sector. I think, like anything else, innovation is going to lead the charge. I think as we see opportunities exist, that's going to increase people's interest and understanding in it. I also think that educating our clients and having that understanding early on in the process is important. I believe that as we continue to streamline the process and continue to understand the opportunities that something like a design make build creates, you're going to have clients that are informed that are ultimately writing the checks and saying, well, I definitely want to integrate this solution. So it's important for us, I think, to first and foremost, align ourselves with the proper decision makers and make sure that we're connected and forming partnerships there. And once we do that, we educate those decision makers on the opportunities that it presents. And then obviously them being the decision maker, they can send that out to all team members to say, here's the way that we're going to proceed with this. And I think that sometimes after that's happened and you've proven that track record, you start to see contractors get on board with it. Developers get on board with that. Even design companies get on board with that type of solution because proof's in the pudding, so to speak. They've seen the benefit of it. And once you are an ambassador to it, you start to get testimonials and understanding of how beneficial it is and and was and will be. I think that that's the process that's going to happen, but it does require that mindset shift. I think one of the, the biggest hurdles to the process now, and I think of it holistically, is the idea of integrated project delivery and the idea of everyone communicating and collaborating and thinking holistically, as opposed to people, oh, I'm, I'm focusing on my architecture and then the structural engineer will figure out their thing. And then the structural engineering, well, ductwork will find a way to fit itself in some, you know, kind of designing an island. And even I've heard fabricators at times say, well, give me your design solution and we'll fix it to make it work for what we're doing from a fabrication standpoint, which makes me cringe. (laughs) And then also how well is it being communicated to the contractor in the field? So I think we need to start getting around the tables and communicating more effectively and understanding the, the needs and concerns and perspective of every single team member. And that extends way beyond just a design team. It extends all the way into fabrication, into make, into build, and allowing everyone to be seated at the table and communicating and understood, respected, and heard, as opposed to the catch-all statements that I used to put on drawings like coordinate and field by others, or collaborate and measure before, measure twice, cut once, as a way of defending maybe a lack of understanding because those decisions were not being made effectively. We weren't having the conversations we should be having I see the opportunities that exist. I see it growing and and gaining traction as it's proven. And I think also as we continue to be as innovative as possible to continue to pursue better products, 
focused on a fabricated solution that then stimulates and pushes into more of that design make build opportunity. That's fantastic. That's fascinating, Ben. And I really, I can't tell you how impressed I am with what you're doing. I didn't realize that it had that kind of scope. It uh, really is quite fascinating. For someone who has put this together from, I framed up the walls and, and done that. And then I've, I've worked with 2D and then I've worked with BIM. It's a natural progression, that next level of understanding of depth. And I think really of being informed and designing with an informed perspective and making and building with an informed perspective. Well, Ben, thank you so much. I want to thank you for doing this podcast interview. And I, and I want to thank my tech for being the platinum sponsor at ABX IWBC 2020. Once again, thank you very much, Ben. Yeah, thank you so much, Art. It was a pleasure being here. And uh, yeah, we look forward to presenting at the conference. I also uh, want to thank, uh, send a, a thanks to our listening audience. Please stay safe, enjoy the conference, and have a good day. Thanks so much.